0: Thank you down bitches before we get to the show I wanted to make a little announcement it's one of my favorite times of the year it's the most wonderful time merch is coming back next week I am so excited for you guys to see all of these designs designed by a very own DBs in our community because you know Joey and I have no artistic skills we got hoity toity woman merch and we have some Sharon Bagabones merch and we are bringing back, by request, some vintage DB merch, especially the Zip-Up We're going to have more details for you next week. But remember, this is a limited two-week sale window. So you don't want to miss it as soon as we announce. We love you so much. We love that you want merch from us, and we have worked so hard on the designs and the quality of all of our items. So we hope you love them as much as we love you. All right. On with the show. Hi, sweetheart. Hi. You know, a lot of people are like, is Joey gay? And then I send them a picture of what you're wearing, and you're wearing a necklace, a pearl earring, and a hat that says butt stuff. And I say, I don't know. He really hasn't made his feelings known to me. (laughs)
1: I'm the John Travolta of the podcasting world. Is he or isn't he? Well,
0: you can tell by the way he used his walk. He's a woman's man. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to a Vigna, the, the podcast where Joey and I recap all of your episodes. Now, we're trying something new for the month of April. We are recapping four, but really with a bonus, so five episodes of one of my all-time favorite true crime shows, No Evil. Evil.
1: It is really great. When you told me about it, I sort of like half heard you because, you know, you're a woman and I'm a man, so that's what I'm supposed to do. I've got to stop making these jokes because people are gonna really believe that I am some fucking chauvinist, and I am not. Women <laughs> are better just than men. For up. the record, women are better than men. I I believe that.
0: Somebody is gonna screen record it and be like, "He's never running for Congress." <laughs> Go on. Jokes on them. I don't have a BFA. I couldn't if I wanted to. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, Laura, Lauren Berber, Berber is there. She, <laughs> She took the GED three times, and they're finally like, stop coming here. Fine, (laughs)
1: you pass. Not that there's anything wrong with GEDs, but we just hate Lauren Boebert. Yeah. See no evil. Anyway, this is a fantastic show because the way that they use... Security camera footage to solve the case—it's brilliant, it and really also is. it gives me—it's it, resolved.
0: Yeah, and now everywhere I walk, I'm like, where is the surveillance, just in case? Oh, it's everywhere. I want to make sure I'm tracked everywhere well, I go. You know, Big
1: Brother's everywhere.
0: I know, everywhere, and you know, we are everywhere too. We are also on the Patreon. Please yep. take a look at our Patreon. That is where we do all of our bonus episodes. You're also going to find ad-free episodes. You're going to find lots of fun stuff like our close circle, So head on over to patreon.com. Head on over to our website at ithinknotpod.com. Click on the Patreon link and see if there's a couple hundred episodes that you might like. You know what? Give it as a gift. Wrap it in a gift bag and say, here, I bought you some loud or baboons. baboons. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of us, like bah, bah, bah. <laughs> But anyway, anything new to report before we go into the episode, my love? Uh no, just still gay. Okay, great. I'll- all good here. Roll tape. <laughs> Season four,
1: episode three, Stalking Cynthia. And by Cynthia, we don't mean the doll in Rugrats.
2: A brutal and senseless crime. In the heart of an otherwise peaceful neighborhood.
3: Who the heck would want to do this to mom?
2: A family left in a state of disbelief. Hope investigators will provide answers. Nobody knew. Who had done it or why? When a trail of surveillance footage reveals the terrifying truth. We were dealing with a man who was very disturbed. Police have to race against time. All
3: units, backup required. To
2: catch a monster with a deadly grudge. We need to find him and stop him from killing again.
0: Glendale, Arizona. We are there and it is Monday, December 21st, 2009. And it's almost my favorite holiday. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ding, 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 too. On the first day of Christmas, my true love, love gave to me. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, that's not. That's not Christmas. The first Noel. Noel. Do you know what my favorite? Carol is? What? Barbara Streisand's Jingle Bells.
1: Jingle Bell,
3: jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what
1: fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. And we hear about Cynthia Langrell, who's looking forward to decking the halls with her family. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was slicing up a green apple while this part was happening, and what the narrator said was this.
2: She's planning a trip back east to spoil her daughter Sherry's family.
1: I thought I heard the narrator say, She's planning a trip back east to spoil Christmas for her family. <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> She's just going to walk <laughs> in the door I'm like, <laughs> Santa's not real. <laughs> I was like, Cynthia is fucking savage.
0: Mom was a very caring and very generous person. You always saw her with a smile. The holidays were more special once she was grandmommy. She
1: really looked forward to Christmas presents for the children. Daughter Sherry is here.
0: And she tells us how much she loved being a grandma and spoiling her grandkids. Now, that is what grandmas do, because watching my mom be a grandma is a fucking trip. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, my mom is patient, and she doesn't curse, and she's so kind, like... They make a turn. They immediately change when it's no longer their offspring. Because when I was a kid, it was like, this is dinner. Eat it or don't eat it. Right. And with Lola, she's like, honey, do you want me to cut your burger into heart shapes? (laughs) Like, or do you want soup with cotton candy and jelly beans on it? Yeah. Like, what? ice cream for dinner for
1: everyone. Yeah, Bella, that's because a grandkid is not sucking out your financial means to live life. But where was that carefree woman when I was growing up, Anna Rita? Well, she was gone because you were sucking the will to live out of her, through her breasts. Anyway, Mama Cynthia's on the phone with daughter Sherry making plans, they exchange I love yous, and then they hang up.
0: Yep. Now, Cynthia was divorced from Sherry's dad and when when she was little. She was divorced. She's when she was little. When she was little, when Sherry was little. Oh, I thought you met when Cynthia was little. Oh, no, when Sherry was little. (laughs) And Cynthia has been married for 21 years to a man
1: by the name of Charles.
0: And we see reenactments, Cynthia, getting ready to go for a jog at 5.48 a.m.
1: Yeah. Do you know, I posted on my story that I've been waking up early because I've been on Paris time. And someone messaged me and said... Oh, you think that 7.30, eight's early? I wake up at 5 a.m. And then I get up, I start my day, and it's wonderful. And I literally sent her a voice message back saying, Do you want a fucking prize? What, do yeah. you think you're special? Yeah. What do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't even know what's worse. Like, waking up at 5 a.m., that's worse than a Satanist. You are Satan. Yeah. But then I was like, I'm just kidding. I love you.
2: <laughs> Divorced from her first husband when Sherry was just a girl, Cynthia's been married to Charles for 21 years now.
1: Someone set them up on a date. And said, you know, you guys would be perfect for each other. And that's how it started. But also, so her husband's name is Charles. And you know what I think of every time I hear Charles.
0: Charles in charge of our days in and our nights. nights. And I see I want, I want, I want Charles in charge of me.
1: It just keeps going. I know. Nicole Eggert. Anyway, um, Wow. This is really, the ADHD is off the chain.
2: It's only 5.40 a.m., but Cynthia starts every day the same, with an early morning jog.
0: Mom was a creature of habit. She'd be gone half an hour, 45 minutes or longer. Come back, get her shower, get ready, go to work. That was her routine. You forgot something? (sighs) So, Cynthia's going for a run, which she does every morning. And she has the same routine. Because she is a creature of habit, so she worships several devils. And it's (laughs) it's dark, and we see reenactment Cynthia stretching, and she goes with her pepper spray as she does every morning. Because... Early morning hours scare me more than late hours. I know it's only a couple hours different. Like, like two o'clock in the morning doesn't scare me as much as like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's very quiet at that time. Well,
1: because I feel like the people who've been out all night and they're like five a.m. It's like yeah. it's like the zombies in thriller. They're just like trying to get home, but yeah. then they might you know steal your purse.
0: Yeah, because it's not about being like a morning or a night person. I'm I am I'm I'm neither. A morning or a night person. Oh, I'm good. I'm good from like two p.m. to three forty-five p.m. And then it's it's who who knows what's going to happen.
1: That's it. <laughs> good to know you're on your own. Well, Cynthia's great in the morning, and her routine is jog, come back, shower, go to work. Yep. And we fast forward to later that morning. Yeah,
0: and a call comes in to the police that a woman was shot in the back of the head,
1: and it's crazy. That's where we meet retired detective sergeant Brett Combs from the Glendale PD. And he's like, we, we showed up, uh, set up the crime scene, you know, as they do. And Cynthia's husband, Charles, pulls up and is like, what's happening? Yeah. What is happening? My wife has not been home. What is happening?
0: And he sees her shoe on the ground and he's like, that is my wife's. And they were like, she's headed to the hospital. So Charles wastes no time and he heads straight to the hospital.
1: And the hospital's three miles away. But sadly, when he gets there, Cynthia has passed. Yeah. And Charles is in total shock. Yeah. I mean, they were planning to spend their retirement in Arizona. Like, Mm -hmm. he had no idea why someone would do this, who would do this. They lived in a very affluent neighborhood. They didn't deal with stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. So now Charles has to sit down and call his stepdaughter, Sherry. Yeah.
2: With the family still reeling, homicide detective Sergey Drobin immediately gets down to work.
4: The first 24 hours in a homicide investigation are obviously very critical. We didn't rule anything out. All cards were on the table at that point.
0: So, Sergei Drobin is the homicide detective in charge of this case. And they start immediately canvassing the neighborhood, asking questions. Did anyone hear anything? See anything? Was anything suspect around? Anything out of the ordinary? And, you know, all of the neighbors are giving their two cents, you know, about what's going on.
1: Well, they were like, uh, several of them said, I... I think I saw the perpetrator's vehicle fleeing at high speed. It was like a white or sort of light-colored sedan. Mm -hmm. Also, people reported hearing two gunshots around. Yeah,
0: that that very, very emphatic reenactment actor. Oh, yeah. Who was like, because there was two gunshots, and I just imagine the director being like, can we make it very clear it was two gunshots. <laughs> and she's like, should I like hold up the number two with my yeah. fingers? He's like, oh, that would be great. Thank you. And she does it, it, you know, with a voiceover. She's like, okay, rolling, rolling with the two yep. fingers. Yep. yep. Oh my God, that is it. That because, is it. Because you know it. what's
1: the best thing to do when you're an actor is yeah. to indicate everything. Yeah.
0: Two gunshots. The director's like, that's a wrap. That's a wrap on this extra. Can we give her a round of applause? In the can. We got that in the can. Thank
1: you. And so it was two gunshots around 5.45 a.m. And this is supported by two shell cases that were found in a nearby drain and a bullet found in one of the neighbor's walls. Yeah.
0: And from that bullet, they were able to identify the murder weapon, which was a 9 millimeter Glock handgun. So since there were two bullets, we know one bullet obviously killed her, and the other went astray over into this
1: neighbor's wall. That's so scary. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, but again, they're like, who the fuck would do this? Why? Why? And so what they notice in canvassing this neighborhood is that A lot of folks have surveillance cameras on their house. Yeah. Thank you, Simply Safe, because now I have surveillance cameras. Uh, Let me tell you, hosting a true crime podcast will change your perspective on things. It really will. Okay. I sleep with a bat next to my bed, Mm -hmm. no lie, and I have a security camera outside my door. Yeah. I'm not fucking around. I look
0: at my security camera all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what is that noise? Yeah. Keep it down. (laughs) What is that? Is that Barbara again with those
3: squirrels? Oh,
0: poor Barbara and her squirrels. Barbara's fine. She called me the other day and she was like, I miss you. I was like, Barbara, I haven't seen you for four days, babe.
2: Detective Drobin looks again at the map of properties on the road leading to the crime scene. A lot of the residences around there had their own surveillance systems. This time, he instructs his team to look for any silent witnesses along Cynthia's running route.
1: They find cameras all along Cynthia's running route, and they stop at one house and ask the homeowner if they can look at his footage, and he agrees.
0: Yep. So they queue up the camera to right before people said they heard the gunshots. So they cue it to 5.38 a.m., and that's eight minutes before the gunshots went off. And we see this footage, but here's the thing. There's Christmas lights yep. blocking exactly where the incident happened. It's really hard to see. Not only is it obstructing the view, the glare. So it's like the actual lights are in front of it. And then the glare. I'm sure whoever lived there, they're like, Carl, I told you not to hang them stupid lights like that. <laughs>
1: Damn it. Because that's definitely how people are talking in Glendale, Arizona.
0: Listen, it's a Carl! Tra- it's a transplant city. But
3: they you were- know what? I got something to say oh, about that. fucking fucks. You yeah. know, you are awful jeggy for, for people, you know, that's a homeowner. He can put whatever he wants in his house, okay? I keep my Christmas lights up all year round. Why? Christmas, Easter, Easter. Uh, 4th of July, it's all up because I celebrate it all year round because who's got the time to put it up, take it down, put it up, take it down. Everybody. We all do it. We do it every year. I don't know what your schedule is like. Very busy. I'm busy too. I don't got time to go up a ladder, down the ladder, back up the ladder. If you want to play shoots and ladders with your house and your Christmas decorations and your Hanukkah menorahs, that's fine. I don't have time to do that, okay? What Can I just ask really
0: quickly, without getting too far into your life, what are you busy doing?
3: I have jobs. And it is very hard. I'm in a marriage, okay? I'm busy being married to myself, okay? I still celebrate my wedding night every night in the morning and afternoon. With some so and you're
0: too busy masturbating to take down your Christmas hey, lights?
3: You know what I do? To go. I don't like your MTE takes fright and leave. Okay. <laughs> oh God. But like they were just
0: so gutted. So <laughs> the only thing you can see in this camera very well is you can see somebody running out of their home. And you can also see in the distance like the, the flashes lights. of the sirens. Yeah. yeah.
1: But they find another surveillance system at at another neighbor's house, and it's pointed where the crime was committed, but they're hoping to get some, some sort of footage of the killer.
0: Right. So they cue it up to 5.42, four minutes before the gunshots, and at 5.43, they see a car. Yep. It wasn't. Like the car that people described seeing. It wasn't a white sedan. It was a black SUV. And
1: the good news is, is that there's not that many black SUVs out there, especially no. not in New York. No, so nowhere. So it would be very easy. Yeah, they were
0: to like, use. well, that can only be like one or a million people.
1: <laughs> but they're like, is it the killer? Is yeah. it an eyewitness? We don't know. Yeah,
0: so they try and zoom into the license plate, but it's grainy as fuck.
1: Always, always. They can't
0: see it. So they move forward in the footage a bit, and then before you know it, you see, again, the flashing lights from the first responders. Yeah.
1: And another homeowner running out. All these people. quiet
0: neighborhood, gunshots. I mean... It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So now police set up roadblocks all over Glendale, and they issue a bolo for black SUVs, because black SUVs, again, they're not popular at all. And one night, a patrol officer in Cynthia's neighborhood spots a black SUV that looks just like the one in the security footage. And the cop follows the SUV, and then that driver starts driving crazy. Yeah. And now the cop is like, well, fuck this. Turns on the siren and calls for backup. Yeah,
0: are we doing this? Yeah. Is this a chase? This is a chase. Are we chasing in Glendale, Arizona? Yep. So the sirens go, and they corner this car, and they pull this guy over, and his name is James Ray. And he's like, what? I'm delivering
1: newspapers. And guess what? He was- He was delivering del- newspapers.
0: Which is fine. But why are you running from the cops?
1: I'm sure he was terrified, but also, but maybe he's just like, I, I'm sorry, I had a little pot in the back. Yeah, <laughs> I like it was just like he really was. He was on his route. He had
0: nothing to do with it. I was like, okay, bro, but you know that like running from the cops. Yeah,
1: he's like, I got some shrooms and one of those cop detector things. Remember those things back in the nineties? Yeah, it would detect when co- they were illegal. Yeah. Anyway. But I also, was my takeaway, I was like, teenage boys and girls don't do that anymore where they ride their bike and... No, they go in cars. Yeah.
0: I didn't know people still got newspapers, though. But in my neighborhood, they do. There's a newspaper guy in the
1: morning. But why don't they do bikes anymore?
0: Cars are easier.
3: This is a
1: good point.
0: And kids are stupid. This is also a good point. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, a call to his employer confirms the story. And now the cops are like, all right. Smoke your doobie and yeah. check for the cops. But next time, maybe don't... don't run. Yeah.
2: With Cynthia gunned down half a mile from home in a seemingly unprovoked attack, attention quickly turns to her husband, Charles.
4: I have to be suspicious of everybody. I can't take everybody at face value initially. I have to dig deep into uh, who they are, what their background is, then rule them out
1: accordingly. So now investigators focus on Cynthia's husband, Charles,
0: yeah, and he's really like, "What? I'm like, babe, are you new here? Yeah, yeah, you're the husband. Sit down, Get a sandwich. We're gonna be here for a minute. Yes, we you have suspect some questions. number one, yeah,
1: Charles's story is that when Cynthia left for her jog, he took the dog out for a walk and then returned home at six zero eight and went back to bed. Now, if that's true, how did the neighbors hear the two gunshots? And he didn't. that's, mm-hmm. this is fucking
3: yeah.
0: Weird. They were like, so, you don't have an alibi. Well, you have the dog and he can't talk.
1: Yeah, literally what they said. Yeah,
0: he can't talk. What if the dog was like. <laughs> I could fucking talk. <laughs> and uh, they were like, whoa, twist! And they have a talking fucking dog!
3: Okay, honey! <laughs> so stupid. <Yeah.
1: laughs> but, but also, he had gone to the dog park and there was no one at the dog park. There was no alibi. Yeah. So in the meantime, it's day two of the investigation and Detective Drobin keeps looking for more cameras. And
0: they found one. And this house has four cameras. Yeah, they do. They use star code for simply save. Yep. I love that. I love this house with four. Can everyone send this
1: house a, a thank you card? They have high-end motion controlled security yeah. cameras.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so cue that up, baby. But there was no motion to
1: activate it. Yeah. So like normally what happens is somebody is moving, one of the lights will come on and the Is that? Wait, what is that? How a motion act Wait. But I don't think the lights are dete- I don't think the lights were connected to the security. I think it's like you know how some people just have lights that if you walk and the de- and the motion detector goes sure. off and, and the light goes. Okay, yeah. you know, fuck you, Ellen. Say more. You know what?
3: <laughs> I
0: love how you were about to explain a motion detector camera to our very sophisticated. No, but what I'm audience. saying is, is this do the- you know we have rocket scientists I that believe listen to that this. But What I'm saying is, is this so the camera motion detector. I will
3: get a word in here so I can defend myself. What I'm trying to say is, is that the lights were not connected to the is fucking when a camera. Oh, Explain <laughs> something
0: to
1: a woman. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> I was just trying to say the two were not connected. The light didn't go on, so you can't see anything. The cameras worked. Fuck you, Ellen. You know what? I I love it when he gets frustrated. That's fine. Maybe Christopher will come and do this podcast with you. Oh, God, that's so funny.
2: (laughs) Knowing Cynthia is a creature of habit, Detective Drobin opens a file from a morning the week prior to her murder to confirm this is her regular running route.
0: They were like, okay, let's make sure that she takes the same route. We know she's a creature of habit. So they queue up the footage a week back. They go back to December 15th. So they're looking at this footage and it's working. You know, the lights are on and they see Cynthia at 528 in the morning, right on schedule. Yeah. And then a car is following behind her.
1: And it is a light colored sedan, perhaps white, like the neighbors had described. Yeah. And so remember, Cynthia went running on the same route every single day. So perhaps this person had been tracking her moves. Yep. So back at the Glendale police station, daughter Sherry has flown in to help investigators and they ask her specifically about Charles, her stepdad.
0: Yeah, we see the interrogation. They're like, tell us about him. And she's like, I bet he doesn't have an alibi, does he? And I was like, Uh oh, shit. Say more, daughter Sherry. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, they were not in a good place in their marriage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it turns out that Charles was a little bit of a hothead. Yeah. Stepdaughter Sherry was like, you know, he could be so fun and playful one minute, and then he would just switch and become super angry like a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. And Sherry says, I just felt like he knew more. I felt like he knew more than he was letting on. So then that's when they're like, you know what? Let's bring Charles in for a formal interview.
0: Yeah, and she was like, let me be clear. I don't think Charles would do this to my mom, but We can't cross him being involved off the list. Got
1: it. That's terrifying, actually. Yeah.
2: Detective Drobin brings Charles in for a formal interview. Thanks for coming in. So Charles, I just wanted to uh, ask you a couple of questions about your marriage.
4: The victim's husband described the marriage as being a solid marriage. He didn't see the marriage as being very problematic whatsoever. It's important for us to get a picture of what their relationship is like, to include any indiscretions that may have occurred in the relationship.
0: So, yeah, they bring him in for a formal interview and we see it and they're like, hey, good to see you. Tell us about your marriage.
1: He was like, it's great.
0: Yeah. Solid, solid marriage. It was our marriage was solid. Yeah. It's solid.
1: Cue the music. Yeah. Solid as a rock. (laughs) And
0: he was like, yeah, nothing to report. They're like, "Okay, cool. Does she have any enemies? And he was like, oh, yeah, one, this guy, Greg Hawkins. Okay. Keep talking.
1: Well, it turns out that husband Charles and this Greg Hawkins guy served in the Navy together Mm -hmm. on a nuclear submarine. And they both got discharged. And Charles worked at a a nuclear power plant. And he helped his friend Greg get a job there. Mm
0: -hmm. And then he goes on to say, and yeah, about 10 years ago, they had an indiscretion. Right. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Like an entanglement? Yes. I was like, Jada.
1: Yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Who I have always been a fan of.
0: Yes. You fucked your son's best friend.
1: And you know what? Just, it's, listen, we don't know. It's none of our business. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. She had an affair with this guy. I just like it that they call it an entanglement. Oh, I know. I was like. You it's th- a fancy you word. Fuked. You
0: fuked. You fooked. And you it. And that that's why I was like indiscretion. I didn't understand what he was saying at first. They had an indiscretion. I was like, yeah.
1: Oh, what? Yeah. They, oh. They were playing slime the pair. Yeah. And so Charles says that like, you know, that put an end to their friendship. Yeah. And also their professional relationship because guess what? You fuck your boss's wife, you're probably going to get fired. Yeah. And he did. Yep.
2: Charles tells police that after the fallout, Greg Hawkins moved out of state, but detectives soon discover he's returned to the Phoenix area. Yes, I'd, I'd like to run that address. They locate him in the town of Peoria, just five miles from Glendale, and his background check reveals a troubling detail.
1: And so after the fallout, Greg moved out of state, but guess what investigators find out? What? He moved back.
0: Yeah, recently. Mm-hmm. To a town about five miles away from Glendale called, called
3: Peoria.
0: I don't know what that is a reference to. Little Shop.
3: Endemol.
0: Huh. So they run a background check on a uh, old bestie infidel Greg, and they're like, okay, okay, huh? We're getting a ping. His roommate is a missing person.
1: Uh, yeah, in the middle of a murder investigation, they're like. Greg had a roommate who had been reported missing by his family. Okay. They
0: are like, we don't want... This is see no evil? Yeah. Is it disappeared? Yeah. Is anyone here?
1: I know. A crossover. So put a pin in that because turns out there's another camera two doors down from the crime scene and Detective Drobin is closely studying the footage. And this camera also has an audio component.
0: Yeah. And so in the video, you hear like the ambulance go off. This is something that is is fascinating about this show. Can you imagine, this is the footage we see. Yeah. There is so much, so many cameras, so much other footage, just sitting, staring, looking for something, a shadow, a, anything, a, like a yeah. headlight.
1: Yeah, anything.
0: There's so much that they just sit and comb through. I do love it about the show when they're like, wait, rewind. <laughs> Go back.
1: <laughs> Upper right corner. Yeah, Rewind. Yeah.
0: And they're grasping at anything, right? Yeah. So they're looking through this camera with audio, and one of the detectives was like, "Hey, remind me again what time the nine one one call was?"
1: Yeah. So it's it's this is actually fascinating. The yeah. timestamp says five forty six a.m. on the camera footage, right when you see the sirens. But the first nine one one call was made. At 5.48 a.m., mm-hmm. two minutes after the cops showed up. Right. Right? So they figured out that the camera somehow, and I probably did not explain this well, but the camera is nine minutes behind. Well,
0: because the camera is saying 5.46, right. and we hear the sirens. yeah. And they're like, wait a second, the call didn't come in until 5.48.
1: Yeah. When
0: I hear these sirens and this clock is saying 5.46, the camera was off.
1: Yep. So now they run the footage back to 5.35 a.m. and they see what appears to be a white-colored sedan Mm -hmm. in the top right-hand corner pull up just in front of the would-be crime scene. Yeah. And this car looks just like the one we saw on cameras a week before following her as she jogged. When I saw that, I got goosebumps.
0: And that's the thing, is that that's what's so great about this show, because they make you feel like you're there in the moment. Yeah. And with like the music, I mean, it's all, you know, orchestrated and everything, and you're like, oh! (gasps) So whenever something moves, you're like, oh my
1: god, what is that? It's jolting. It really is. And so the car seems to be waiting at the corner, probably for Cynthia to run by, because this is her jogging route. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Forty seconds later, there's movement alongside the car. Did you see that? What? Run it back. That little blob there. Police suspect this is Cynthia jogging by.
1: Did you hear that?
0: Forty seconds later, you see this movement. There's somebody walking or you can't really tell. And then we hear it, because this is the camera with the audio, two gunshots. I just wrote, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And the car speeds off.
0: Now, you don't see anything on the camera, but, like, oh,
1: my God. Yeah. What they? Well, it's wild, because they're pretty sure what we saw in that movement initially is Cynthia jogging. Yeah. And those are her last moments. Yeah. It's wild about this show. A component about this show that always gets me is that you. we really do see people almost in their last moments. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's brilliant because we know that this is, the, the show is so great. We know we're going to get an answer. We always get yes. an answer. But, but it is, so it's sad. like, because oh, you don't see it. It's not graphic or gory or anything. You just, you're like, those are the gunshots that like took
1: someone's life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So now they have the killer's getaway car on camera.
0: Yeah. So they call the police about Greg Hawkins and the missing roommate. The missing roommate's name is James Kiefer. And they were like, hey, uh, what kind of car do either of those dudes drive? And they're like, well, James has a Chrysler Sebring. They're like, Google that shit.
1: Boom. It is a white sedan. Yeah. It looks just like that car. The car that was following her a week before when she was jogging. But guess what? James is missing. And now Greg has disappeared, too. So please get a warrant and search the house that Greg and James share. Sir
4: we find a handwritten note signed by Greg to his mom telling her that he has taken care of the people that have done him wrong.
0: And in the house, they find a handwritten note and they keep calling it a manifesto. Manifesto. And did you pause to read it?
1: No, I didn't. Okay. And you did. Of
0: course I did. And
1: what did it say?
0: It says... Something and then standing on the side, watching those around me forget their true friends and those who have been beside them all along. I'm going to right the wrongs that have been wronged in the first place. I have thought long and hard about what actions I'm going to take. That's why I'm writing you to show you that I have thought this through. Basically, the whole note was explaining his plans for revenge. Yeah. And he was writing it to his mom and he wanted to say, like, this is not a crime of passion. These are well-thought-out crimes. And
1: deserved, in his mind. Well-deserved. You know, first of all, don't put nothing down on paper. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. It's so stupid.
0: It's like that part in Billy Madison. Remember in that part in Billy Madison where he says, I'm going to call everybody that has wronged me? And he calls Steve Buscemi. <laughs> And he calls Steve Buscemi. He's like, hey, I know I wasn't very nice to you in high school. And he's like, oh, I really appreciate that. And then he's got a list on the wall that says people to kill. (laughs) And it says Billy Madison and he just crosses it out. What?
1: Yeah. Well, this is wild. What's so crazy about this letter is like you really do get what with what I just heard you read to me. You get a window into the state of his mind Mm -hmm. and how he was. I mean, obviously, this man was grappling with some serious mental health issues. And Cynthia's name wasn't on that list, but her husband Charles was. Yeah. And, and so was James. Yep. And he blamed Charles for being fired. Yeah. And so they also find a note from Greg to roommate James planning a road trip to northern Arizona. Mm-hmm. And they find a receipt from a gas station about 50 miles north.
0: Yeah. So they were like, okay, so he's got a motive. They don't quite know how James fits into the scenario, but the letter, there's stuff about James yeah. in the letter as well.
2: In search of answers, Drobin travels to the restaurant where Greg Hawkins had breakfast the day before Cynthia was murdered on December 21st. He hopes their surveillance system hasn't yet been erased. So December 20th, eight eighteen a.m. The footage is stored on site and they cue it to the date and time Greg was in the restaurant and look for their suspect.
0: So... They go to the place that James had breakfast. She was killed on the 21st, and he was at this breakfast place on December 20th. So they're like, let's go to that restaurant and get the
1: surveillance. Well, just so we don't confuse everybody, it's a gas station slash restaurant. Okay. Just so you know. That's how they knew.
0: Thank you. I I actually think that people were like, they probably paused it, and they're like, wait, what is Ellen talking about? And then they came back, and they're just so
1: relieved. You know what? God forbid I give everybody all the information that I feel they should be armed with. No, I think you. I I said the receipt for the gas station, and you said the restaurant. It's a gas station slash restaurant. Uh-huh. I think that's perfect. No, I'm information. so grateful
0: you're here.
1: You ain't I... nothing but a little old shit. <laughs> you ain't nothing. <laughs> but you a little ain't, ain't no better than old chicken turd. <laughs> <laughs> So they go to this place, they look at the cameras, and there's Greg. It's unmistakingly him, and he looks very relaxed, like the man doesn't have a care in the world, yeah. but James is not with him. So we see Greg pay for his food, head to a table in the rear part of the restaurant, and at 8.24 a.m., we see missing roommate James pay for his food, which means he was with Greg the day before Cynthia was murdered. Yeah. So...
0: I also liked that the Ceno Evil narrator wanted to waste no time getting the dig in about how Greg was bald. (laughs) They were like,
2: he's bald, just like Greg.
0: I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, really? He's you like, what he's also not
1: wearing very nice clothes. And if you carry the two, he lives with his, his mama. mama! <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just such... And that is a Patreon reference. If you're not on the Patreon, you're missing Southern Fried Homicide. Oh, it's God, so good. That it's just show. so good. Anyway. But yeah, they were like, they were like, oh no, we have we have time for shade. And we you, have let time. Let me tell you something. I- I'm going to just pop this in. The truth is, is with all the names on that list, Greg was on his way to becoming a serial killer. Yeah. It's wild. And so the two have breakfast
0: together. It's almost chilling how not nervous he seems,
1: yeah, how chillax. I mean, I, you know, there's people who disassociate and yeah. and and it's that is a, a terrifying thing, yeah. So then we see the camera footage where they leave. And then there's an outdoor camera that shows the two men getting into a wait for it white sedan. Yep. and they're able to get a clear shot. It is absolutely the car that was following Cynthia on that security camera.
2: Yeah, Gather around, everybody, let's go. Back at Glendale Police Station, Detective Droven has some new information for the team. Investigators have located Greg at his mom's house in Northern California, where he could be out to get the person at the top of his hit list, his very own father.
0: So Detective Drobin gets word that now Greg is at his mom's house in Northern California. And they were like, okay, oh, wait. They look at the list and his dad is on that list. The top of that list. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. Yep.
1: And this is weird. This part's weird because Detective Drobin gets a call from Greg and he's all, Hi, I hear you're looking for me. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah,
0: it's very seven. Very
1: like, seven. Yeah. And of course, Detective Draven doesn't want to reveal too much to their literal number one suspect. And the goal was to keep him on the phone while the SWAT team made their way to his mother's house.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, we are, it is, it, it gets so intense. So, they charge in the house. Yep. Yep. His mom is there. She's screaming and he runs from the SWAT team. Yes, he knows he what's happening. He yeah. knows
1: it's all coming down on him. And he runs into his room. And before the SWAT team can arrest him, he goes into the bedroom and ends his life. I hate it. Yeah.
0: I fucking hate it.
1: Yeah. What a twat.
0: Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's just so
1: awful. It's terrible. It's terrible that the family won't get the answers that they deserve. Yeah. The families, because there's more here. Yeah. Um, they find James's car outside. The GPS system is erased. They have no idea where James is. But in the glove department, police find a hand-drawn- In the glove department? What did I just say? In the glove department? They're like, welcome to Bendel's. Do you want the glove department?
0: It's right over there to the right. Oh, yes, please. I needed some new leather gloves. Oh, yes. Go
3: right over there. You want the glove? I don't fir- know. You could fit a whole glove comp- a glove department store. Yeah. In no, they found a Dillard's. Anti- there's an entire department They got a
1: Dillard's in this car.
3: No, it looks in the glove department. <laughs> they look in the glove
0: compartment. It was just, honey, you get me every time.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I know. I deserve that. I had it coming. Also, glove compartment. Glove
0: like, compartment, which
1: is such an interesting thing. Like, well, who...
0: also, I, it's, it's also called a glove box. Oh, glove com- I don't think anyone calls it glove compartment. It's, yeah. a, it's a glove box. I think we call hand it hand that, that to me in the glove box.
1: No, we call that in the South. We called it. I mean, where I grew up, we called it a glove. Department. Oh, it, this
0: is gonna go back to a to a New Orleans thing. You know, there
1: are things called colloquialisms. And what
0: are you googling over there? I what see is a glove
1: compartment. Glove, a glove compartment? compartment, sometimes referred to as a glove box. So right. we're both right. We're going to take. Do you feel better now?
0: I like how you're like, so we're both right. I think I'm more right. You
3: oh. ain't nothing but an elitist piece of shit. Club box glove performance don't mean nothing. You knew what it was. You're you back- just wanted to embarrass my friend. <laughs> oh, you and Joey are friends? Yeah, that's right. We're going to Prague this summer together. You're going to Prague? Yeah, we're going to be on a Coke slushy. In Prague? The Pearl of Europe? You know what, you, you knew exactly what I was saying. I'm on, gl- on a float in a parade, which I'm sure you've never been to. Okay, hey, cause I know you don't like gay people, <laughs> secretly. I can tell by your bangs, because clearly no homosexual's been near those crooked bangs. Looks like I'm following the Mississippi River on a map.
0: <laughs> yes, I hate gays and your friend Joey hates women.
3: That is not true. (laughs) Don't say that. Look, it is
0: so red. That's terrible. Women are better than men. Anyway,
1: glove compartment, we both learned something today. Tell them what's in the glove box. Well, this is fucking insane. He had drawn a map of Cynthia's neighborhood and literally drew a line for the route of her jog. She did the same route every day. So this man had spent weeks researching and plotting Cynthia's murder. It's horrifying. It's
0: really, really scary. But he didn't count on those
1: cameras. So now we know. Yeah. He killed Cynthia to get back at Charles.
3: Yeah.
2: Almost a month after Greg's last stand, computer forensics retrieved the final location entered into the GPS from James Kiefer's car.
0: So a month later... They retrieved information from that GPS that they found in James's car. And it brought them to a riverbed where they found James. And he had also died from a shotgun to the head.
1: So now two families Mm -hmm. have been robbed of justice because this man went to his mama's house And the SWAT team came in, and he went and took his life. Yeah, and took the easy way out. It's just so sad because I mean, obviously, look, we know. I mean, I'm sure the families know this man was not mentally well and not obviously well adjusted. But a family lost uh, a mother, a wife. Uh, A grandmother, another one. I mean, we don't know what James's family was like, but he was somebody's son. You know, it's just so sad. Out of all the murder
4: cases I've ever investigated, I would have to say the Cynthia Langrell case is probably the most emotional case I have ever worked, and it still is something that weighs heavy on my mind to this day. Unfortunately, Greg Hawkins caused a lot of pain and suffering, not just for. Cynthia's family, but also James Kiefer's family. And that's something everybody's going to live with for the rest of their life.
0: But the thing is that these two murders would absolutely 100% not have gotten solved without that surveillance. It
1: is really, truly fascinating.
0: How they piece it together. And I think this is the whole thing with when we watch a show like this and when we watch a show where it just feels like people drop the ball for families you know when you see an investigation that is so botched or like there's just all these loose ends and then you see something like this you're like so you can do it yeah like obviously there are things that you know can't be done but it's like they went off of like just a a headlight you know what i mean it's like everything leads to something else and these Families would not have gotten justice without that surveillance. Yeah. It's so
1: brilliant to me. It is brilliant. I'm I'm sorry that people lost their lives, but yeah. I'm, I'm glad that there is, I don't know, what the fuck I'm glad for. It's just sad that this man is.
0: It's closure. It's not justice because, yeah. you know, he didn't get to serve any time. I do have a little bit of, of research. So. That SWAT team we saw, that did happen, but it came after a 10-hour standoff with California law enforcement. After they listed him as like a person of interest, he knew that they were on his tail. And that standoff lasted 10 hours. And when Glendale police interviewed a lot of his friends and family, they were trying to sort of piece together the story. And a lot of people that were really close to him described him as kind of like a loner, very unfriendly, offensive, very introverted, and highly vengeful. And someone said that he would spend years mulling over grudges. Like, you know, and they said that, like, he was inexplicably enraged by very, weird things, you know, like he would just like lose his temper a lot. I mean, I get that because hell hath no fury if I am slightly inconvenienced and I haven't eaten. You know what I mean? Like if I have low blood sugar, someone throw a burrito in my mouth immediately, if not sooner. I've seen it happen. I know you have. But yeah. And then with James, his roommate, apparently James had asked him to move out by January 1st like you know it was like the end of December because they just like weren't getting
1: along it wasn't compatible.
0: Yeah, and and Greg like could not handle that rejection. Wow. So I mean this was a man who did not call his therapist, but like no. I mean not to not not to be funny but truly like had anger issues. Yeah,
1: I wonder also too if he was in the armed in the armed forces As if he had PTSD. PTSD. I
0: thought of that too. Yeah, but just gross and awful. And I I fucking hate it when people do that and they take the easy way out. And they don't, you know, I don't know, say something
1: funny. You know, this is a sad one. They're all sad. But this one's like, I don't know what to do other than to just sing.
0: Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle jingle bells. jingle bells.
1: Christmas in March,
3: Christmas in March.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being here for joining us on I Think Not. It is truly our pleasure to get to do this with all of you down bitches. If you would like more of us, please visit us on the Patreon and see if you want any of that bonus content. We do take all of your suggestions. We love hearing from you. We love doing fun stuff. There's
1: going to be lots of fun
0: stuff coming up very soon. Where can they find us on socials, Joey? Well, you
1: can find us on Instagram at I Think Not Pod as well as I Think Not Pod on TikTok. You can also find Ellen on Instagram at Ellen, Marie, Ellen with a Y and you can find me at It's Joey Taranto. Yeah.
0: yeah. And do that and we love that. Well, we're, yeah. we're, oh, we're always on the socials oh, yeah. but we absolutely cannot get to do that without you. We are here for you. The main ingredient in this fun factory is you all and we yeah. could not be more grateful for all the love you give and if you're feeling saucy head on over to iTunes and give us a five star review and give us a little sentence about why you love us because it helps people find Find us in the algorithm. I will definitely read them. I promise. Yeah. And I will just love
1: you from afar. <laughs> love you, Joey. <laughs> love, it too, love, love you too, Love you, baby. Love you down, Bye. Bye. And by Cynthia, we don't mean the doll in Rugrats. Remember, Cynthia? No. You didn't watch Rugrats? We were
0: in a Rugrats family.
1: Oh, what were you? Like a Smurfs?
0: We, oh, we did Smurfs. We did He-Man. We did She-Ra.
1: I wasn't allowed to watch all three of those. And you know why? Why? Because they were demonic. Uh, you were demonic, and we yeah. keep you... Yeah, because, you know, there was a wizard. Oh, in the, yeah. Yeah, and then also He-Man, when he was like, I have the power, and they're like, he doesn't have the power, Jesus has
0: the power. <gasps> oh, and what I is, was like, are, is everyone fucking okay? Did your mom, like, record over it? I have Jesus power. <laughs> Could you imagine? That is funny. And then you see it, and they're like, Mom! <laughs> Have the wrong words I
3: on me, Jesus. Yeah, that is fucking funny. Do you know Ellen.
0: when Lola was little, I would start finding Nemo at chapter two because chapter two is first day of school. First day of school because I never wanted her to see the scary part about the mom and all the babies get eaten. Oh. And then she went away to my mom's house when she was like six or oh, seven, no. and she goes, "Mommy, our DVD is broken. There's a whole beginning part of Nemo we've never seen."
1: I was like, well. now that was me. That was me. And you know what nobody did for me? Do you remember the movie Old Yeller? Oh. Yeah, nobody fast forwarded the ending for me. Yeah. I saw him rabies and all, shot in the head. Yeah. But you know what's crazy? Is they just let me watch fucking The Goonies and The NeverEnding Story and Willow. Remember Willow? Yeah. Like, but yeah. all of a sudden, the Smurfs? Well, the I, Smurfs are demonic. Make it makes, yeah. Well, you
0: can tell by the way he used his walk, he's a woman's man. Is he? (laughs) (laughs) Just a pearl earring and a a hat that says butt stuff. I am giving. You are gay. Yeah. My son is gay. And
1: I really believe that. And I'll really believe (laughs) that.